Welcome, ball boys and girls, to another lovely week. International break is in full swing, but still so is the MLS, and no boy did it disappoint. But don't worry, Ottawa's making some moves, so buckle up and get ready for your source of everything Canadian. And welcome back to the FC 13 podcast, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. What a weekend it's been. It's been a crazy week of news and football, but let's kind of jump into it. Boys, how are we doing? Doing well, doing well. I, I, I did put um, a kidney and a half up for sale to try and get tickets um, for Toronto versus Honduras um, um, tomorrow. <laughs> or by the time I guess this comes out today, I tried putting a kidney and a half up sale, but didn't get enough money. So I still can't afford to go to the game, but oh well, at least I tried. Yeah, Jesus is expensive. I can't. I can't believe they're charging this much for Honduras. It's mental. And and half of those. I can compliment for Honduras, eh? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Who's their best player? <laughs> it's going to be. I guess. Yeah. It's going to be freezing cold. It's going to be like they open up the stands in the north, so there's even more spaces now. And it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, like, I think it's going to look so empty. It's the way that the CSA is like, well, you guys want more money. We're going to charge you guys more, you know? Yep. And so you better come out on a Tuesday night and like watch them during a school week. I mean, we just had March break. So parents are not going to be taking any time off for that. So yeah. this crowd yeah. could be very upsetting, but yeah. you can watch us here on the speaking, podcast. Speaking of upsetting, <laughs> uh, MLS was still going on because you know what? Fuck it. Why not have everyone's teams plundered and picked through with international call-ups and then still have to play some games? Don't worry. They canceled some League One and League Two games over in England for this, but MLS, truckers on because Apple TV overlords say so. Toronto and San Jose, nil-nil is the final score. The game was lackluster to say the least, but it did look like Toronto had a lot of promise there kind of going for them. I don't know what you boys thought, but I mean, it's shocking. It only ended that way with everyone being out of the roster, yeah, especially a, for Toronto. And a 34-game season, we'll truly look back on this as one of the 34 games that indeed happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Toronto should probably be happy with the point, given the amount of players they had out. You know, they had Azorio, Mark-Anthony Kay, Larea out, obviously um, Insigne is still out. So really, it's just Bernard- the Bernadeschi show again. Mind you, like, I, I did like what I've seen from Kerr up front with him. Um, We've seen how he scored against Columbus earlier, and like he looks like he could be a bit of a powerful sort of like guy, makes a nuisance up there. I thought he had um he was doing well, put himself up opportunities. He's only twenty years old, like um I've been encouraged by him, so it's nice to see him get on the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernadeschi, I thought was kind of quiet in this game, but like I think that might be to do with the fact as well, like yeah, we just don't have as many players around to help him. I mean. He already feel like he has to play hero ball at the best of times, never mind with the rest of the squad is depleted. It's kind of a hard game to talk about just because, like, not all that much really happened, <laughs> I don't think. There was plenty of shots, but, like, not that much on target. San Jose came close from a couple of corners, but that was about it. I think Toronto will probably be happy with the point at the end of the day, like, going across the continent and all that. Yeah. I mean, any any point you can get away in this particular season, the way it's going, that's a great point. It is a great point, at least in Canada, MLS teams right now. Any point is a good point, but I I just found it was almost like too unnecessary. They were trying too hard. 
couldn't do anything with it. They didn't know how to play against each other. Almost like this was not prepared for. Like they had no idea. And they're like, ah, oh, shit. Half these guys are going to be out. Uh, all right, guys, get in there. Just It, it felt like an exhibit, like a friendly almost. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I missed a lot of what you guys just said. There. My mic cut out, so I just fixed that. So I'm sorry if I repeat anything you guys just said. Um, <laughs> Andre, you said at the start that you can't blame Apple TV for this. To be fair, the MLS always plays through the ML, uh, international break, which I think it's bullshit. I think it's about time that they stop doing that. They have enough players called up. But regardless, um, as Paul was saying, it, it was a game. It was played. Um, I am. I have been very impressed by Kerr, though. Uh, that game, he showed a lot of potential. And was he 18, 19 years old? Twenty, I, 20, I think, Billy. We can still, okay. still, still young. He's oh, he's still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very excited to see where this guy goes. Not just in his future, but this season. Early on, he showed great potential. And uh, you know what? We could have the next, uh, next, the next Buchanan here. Just kind of like, hey, I want. Oh no, you know what? Kone. I want to compare him to Isabel Kone. He's going to be the next guy to be like, I'm going to play for two months and then get my way onto a Canadian team. Because beforehand, what the fuck was I doing? Nobody knows. But now you, you're you looking great. Like, I'm loving this kid right now. Yeah, I, I, th- yeah, so I think he's been very he's been very impressive. Toronto doesn't exactly have the most inspiring options up front as well. So, like, the place is there for him to win if he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's the thing, though. That That's where this little bit of a blessing comes in of all of the stars, so to speak, go out. And so you're kind of playing these other guys. You're getting getting some game time because that was Toronto's problem. When someone was injured, there was no one to back it up, and everything just became a, a house of cards. And Toronto's real notorious. I don't know what their trainers do, but they fucking wreck players left, right, and center. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. Whoever does their physio just destroys players in that team. Well, uh, looks like one player might be coming back in Sinia. You've seen that? He's, he's died his hair red. He's, he's ready to go. We've got the red, <laughs> slum, red shady coming up here. He's silenced <laughs> all the doubts as we're leaving Toronto and, di- and dyed his hair red. He's definitely staying now. <laughs> oh, right. The rumors are over here. The rumors from Turkey, a.k.a. someone's just, someone's tweet. <laughs> someone's I, tweet. Don't worry, you heard it here first. Rumors confirmed, denied. Uh, you please should have seen you leave i'd like to go on the record that was nothing to do with me um just saying that on air <laughs> <laughs> well at least toronto keeps the point streak alive that's an extra point like they a, hmm? i was gonna say yes yeah, a decent looking record i guess now like they've only lost one in five and they've got a couple yeah. of um good points on the road it's like they're building momentum slowly yeah i, I mean i know it sounds like maybe it's when you want to win especially but i mean international break this is probably the best team to play during the international break because they're not that strong. So if you're missing these key players like Lorraine or Sorio, it's not going to hurt you as much. Yeah, yeah. You they did pick a good team, pick a good team to have to go <laughs> against. Like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, San Jose. Um, I because they're not the strongest, but they're not the weakest. Yeah. And Toronto has that weird issue where you know you they go into a game thinking they should win, and then we we end up bombing out. But a, a point to point. In this league so far, a point to point, and that's all we can take away from it. It's it was what it was. Moving on to a point to point, Vancouver. Holy fuck, guys! Should, uh, should Vancouver feel like insulted here almost because they pretty much had like an unaffected lineup this week <laughs> compared to the compared to their lineups um, every other week so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I know there's no one called to Canada, but do they have anyone called up like anywhere? 
all their best players kind of play for countries they don't really get a game for, like Gresso with um, Austria, Gold with Scotland. I think I don't think Cubas went away with Colombia. Yeah. Like Takeoto wasn't with Japan. Like they seem to be. Maybe it's a smart thing. They're like buying players from countries where it's really difficult to get a game for. Yeah. Look at the top leagues in the world. Be like, you don't make your country. You don't make your country. Come over here. Yeah. <laughs> It you probably... and you alone, you're coming over and you're coming over. I guess it makes like the draw of Minnesota a bit more damning because like Minnesota had eight players missing for like international duty. Yeah. Um, yeah and Minnesota and that game, like Minnesota had quite a few chances that were just oh, they did. so close. It seemed like so a lot of shots just went wide, like just barely. Like almost well, just I mean, barely. Seven shots on target in the whole game between the two of them. But for Cooper Plush, like Minnesota only had 30%. 37% of the possession. Vancouver pushed. This is one Vancouver definitely wanted. Minnesota, they've had a great start. They haven't lost yet. But like Paul said, eight players missing. This is one you got to capitalize I was on. Say, you know, like, I thought Vancouver played very well, especially like in the second half. They made a really strong start to the game as well. But like, it's almost like, I feel like that's just like, not bare minimum. But like, as we said, this is a very depleted Minnesota team. Like, yeah. of course that would be the case. Um, I want to give a, a quick shout out to Brian White, aka the unluckiest man in the MLS. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's kind of done everything right in the last couple of weeks in terms of putting himself in great positions, being an absolute nuisance. His blink up play has been great, but just nothing seems to go in for this poor man in this game, especially. Like a lot of chances where it was like you feel like the only thing missing there is confidence. We've um, we've mentioned it in or Kyle Laren before, where like, you can see the difference, the confidence he has in La Liga compared to um just before the transfer window he's still at Bruges in Canada like there was chances you can see that like he had confidence he'd be making and Brian White looks like the same like if he gets like one goal I don't know give him a penalty or something to take like you could have like a strike of a fair amount of goals there but um, it's yeah, what you know yeah. Brian White was we're seeing the work you're doing there we, we, we acknowledge it you know you know if this was like we're doing math right now but you're getting point you're getting marks for your working out even though the answer's not correct so we just just want to let you know a watch he was and, um, he was the one offside today uh, on the weekend as well, right? On the goal that uh, was well. he he played a part in that offside goal, but he wasn't the player who was offside. But like, there you go. Like that's yeah. what I mean. Like he's doing yeah. everything except from score. I thought his link up <laughs> play with um, Betcher, who came on, looks really good. I yeah, well, he got um, the goal. Yeah, yeah, he looked very lively. I, I'm not sure if two up front is something that Vancouver want to explore, but like, um, I think they've got another option there up front because, like, I mean. At the end of the day, Brian White's not scoring and they need goals. So, like, perhaps they can, like, maybe get better some more game minutes there. Mm-hmm. And um, he, did, he was in the right place at the right time. Typical strikers finish right at the end. Like, literally the last kick of the ball. You know when people say literally the last kick of the ball? And then there'll be, like, a kickoff, like, immediately afterwards. And then there's, like, the final was No, this was the actual last kick of the last ball. Last kick of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good goal, too. Like, I, oh, I, yeah. I, like, I fantastic. Can, yeah. can we talk about how the, the goal Vancouver conceded? Like, Take a while. We all watched the game, but like even before you were to watch this game, if I was to tell you Vancouver were to concede a goal, how would you think the goal would be conceded? Uh, I'm assuming you're going to say a cross because it came from a cross. Yep, a fucking cross. <laughs> I swear, every game they played, they've conceded from a flighted ball and like a flighted ball. And this one again, like Raposo gives Dunbar all day. There's like no pressure at all on the ball to come in. So like, I mean, of course he's going to pick out a good ball there. Like they're yeah, shooting but themselves in the foot so often I, with that man. I do want to give credit to Garcia, the guy who scored it. Oh he, sure. 
he he read the way he read the way he read it. He he got between the two center backs who they were ball watching, so it's a lot easier to get around them. And it was just a smart play by the by the striker. So yes, again, you're you're right. Like the defense, it's a Vancouver type of goal to allow, but I'm gonna give credit to Garcia on that because it was a smart read. Oh, for sure. It's just kind of tearing my hair out. Like, I'm not a Vancouver fan or anything, but we watch a lot of them because of this podcast. And it's like, it's the same thing every week. Even in the Conca- even in their CONCACAF Champions League game, when they went away, when they um, went away into Honduras, like they conceded the same type of goals, like either for corners or flighted balls. Yeah. Like, I, I think we talked about this last year with Halifax because they had this problem. So like at some point, it's no longer on the defenders. If you're conceding that same goal, at some point, it's on the management. And like yeah. I've made it clear that mm-hmm. I'm like not um, Vanny's biggest fan right now. I feel like he's not shown enough at this point. And like this, you know, this certainly goes on the docket. It's a list of things they they're not learning on the training field how to I, defend this. I personally just don't think he has anything to show. Like I'm not saying yeah. he's, I'm not saying he's incompetent. I'm just saying the players on the field aren't special. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're good. They're just not special. I'll give they're, you Ryan Gold. And honestly, again, we've we've. Praise the the new keeper. I'm sorry, I always forget his fucking name. Takeyoka. We, we praise them, I think, on every episode. So. That's what I'm here for, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the pronunciations. Um, no, we've praised them on every episode of the podcast. You take those two off this team, I don't. Done. Yeah. I, I forget about them. I will forget about this team like that. <laughs> the problem is, I think their like high ceiling is um, playoffs, and I think their low ceiling is just missing the playoffs. Like they're not yeah. exciting either way, you know. They're not going to bottom out, but like they're getting results. Like you can't argue that. I mean, they're not great results. Not but getting them. <laughs> still not won a game in five. Well, no, exactly. That's what I mean by results. They're not great, but they're getting points. I mean, that's two draws in a row, three draws in a row. Sorry. So you know they're getting they're getting points on the board. For those wondering as well about um, Ryan Gold coming off injured, as far as we know, don't worry. I've just a precaution just from um, load management. So. No need to panic. Our, our boy is fine. The FC 13 podcast golden boy is still okay. Like, Don't worry about it. As far as we know, he's not injured out for long. We'll, we'll let you know, though. We'll, um, we'll put the flags down. We'll um, put the flags at half-mast if Ryan Gold turns out to be injured. <laughs> he said, so don't worry. So we'll Vancouver. Don't worry. There'll be Gold Watch on. Um, <laughs> it'll be the official uh, FC gold. 13 Gold Watch. Uh, <laughs> going for gold. <laughs> go, going for gold, yeah. That's going to be the new ripoff that we're absolutely going to do on this uh, new podcast, Going for Gold. Michael, you want to take a stab at how many times Paul has said Ryan Gold? So far Overall in the podcast? or just tonight? Overall. Is that sorry, including today? Including today. 14. Yeah, that's spot on. That's exactly what it is. We're at 14. Um, so with, with that, we're going to go to a quick break. But we do have a question first. And when we come back, we'll answer that out. So this one's going to be from Frankie. Would you be okay with the time being stopped while VAR checks happen? What other solutions can you find? And with that, go to our break. So don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Hi there. Paul there from FC13 Podcast. And I'm here to ask you a very important question. Do you like going to live events? Of course you do. Do you like overpaying for live events? Of course you don't. And that's where our friend SeatGeek come in. SeatGeek is an award-winning ticket platform that serves as both a primary ticket outlet and a secondary ticket outlet. 
and they use a specialized algorithm that ensures that you get the best available seat always at the best available price. Let me give you a story. I was in Montreal a few years ago and I wanted to check out a Montreal Canadiens game with my parents. We were shocked at the prices that we thought we'd have to pay on the sites we initially looked at. Like we were going there for a pre-season game, the tickets prices were like way into the like three digits. Like we were horrified at the prices and we didn't we were thinking we weren't gonna go. And then I remember just remembering about SeatGeek. I'd heard about them somewhere before. So I mentioned to my mom and dad we should try SeatGeek to see if we can get tickets for a cheaper price. And as such, we were able to find tickets at an incredibly affordable price compared to all the other competitors out there. And as such, we ended up having a fantastic night at the rink thanks to SeatGeek. And quite frankly, I've never looked back myself when it comes to buying tickets for live events online. But you don't have to just take my word for it. See for yourself with our special discount codes. Use the code FC13POD to get $20 off your first order today to start saving on live events that will create memories to last a lifetime. And now, back to the show. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, of the FC13 podcast. Hope you enjoyed that ad. We enjoyed doing it. So thanks so much for sponsoring this episode, guys. Would you be okay with the time being stopped while VAR checks happen? What are the solutions can you find? (laughs) Uh, I'll have a big fat no, please. A no. I'm kind of on a maybe, actually. Sounds like you're maybe on a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) My reasons are pretty straightforward. As um, I feel like if you stop the clock for VAR, you're basically opening the door to like running adverts during football like you do in like yep. hockey and NFL and other sports. And I think as soon as you open that Pandora's box there, there's no going back. Yep. And I, I, you know, maybe it's like I'm, I'm just a traditionalist or something, but just like I cannot stand the idea of that. <laughs> and also you, like... It's already I happening. I remember watching like, I think it was a Canada game and they were like, put it in a small fucking box and let the game keep going and put the yeah, ad we'll on it around it. Yeah, yeah, but at least it's still happening. Yeah, but that means the game's still happening. At least I know if they've got the commercial. You can the still game watch the stuck. game at the same time. It's not just like you're watching at home and they've cut to freaking commercial break during the game. Because the moment they start doing that, it's going to be like hockey and NFL where they'll just do random ad breaks. Like a ball goes yeah. out for a throw and whistle goes, everybody stop. Yeah, and the NFL is insufferable to watch because of that. Yeah. Um, like I don't mind the stoppaging in the uh, NFL, but when you throw the commercials in there as well, you're like, for fuck's sake. Like, I kind of well, like the gamesmanship that comes with the clock constantly running. Is I feel like if you stop the clock, the teams that's going to benefit are going to be the Man City's, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid's, Barcelona's. You just make the sport even more stacked against underdogs. Like, well, you take team. away momentum. Like, I know the game's already yeah. stopped, but there's, there's a whole difference. Yeah, right like, I, I like gamesmanship, you know? Like, I like, like, I kind of like the sort of nippy aspect of all of it and get to bend the rules a little bit. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that you can shithouse in football, like, to be honest. I like that it's not just so black and white. There's little things you, there's little things you can do. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I, just, I, feel like, I feel like it stacks it all too much in the direction yeah. of bigger teams stopping the clock sort of thing. Well, the only thing, and so hear me out on this one. The way I'm thinking about it is not, VAR, they hit on the headphones, time stops. My thought was, go and check out the screen. So the time stops in that little bit, 
right? Where they're like, yeah, you're going to have to go check it. Okay, now we stop it for the, the minute. So the ref who specifically goes over. Goes over. Then it stops. Not, for, not for in the ear, and then we wait, and then the time stops. No, no, no. I need to go over to the screen. In that time, I need to now go look at it. That's where it stops. And then I like the right idea there, but I just feel like the moment you stop the clock, the the, the, the box is open. It's just... Yeah. What's another thing? Yeah. Is during VAR, we get the commentators. We have opinions coming in. We have... We get a little bit more of an idea of what's being called. Yeah, you're right, Paul. You're right, Paul. You start doing that for the commercial breaks. Uh, you uh, you stop. You start stopping the clock. You get commercial breaks. Yeah, and then we lose the we lose the dialogue. We lose the conversation of what's going mm-hmm. on on the field. So basically, capitalism is bad. Um, yes. So <laughs> moving on to that, CBL has now announced a new international set of rules. They have really shaken up the league so far. There's a very particular thing that teams are now required to do while having international players. I've got this written down. Um, so a club can have a maximum of seven international players, so you know, non-Canadian players. That's not strange, don't worry. 50% of those players must be under 23. And I know what you're thinking there, seven, you can't get 50% of that. So- um, <laughs> Wait, well, you the club, cut them in half. And then... <laughs> if the club wants to use the maximum of seven players, the seventh player must be under 21. So it's this kind of gauging towards like just like they want to develop Canadian players as much as possible. But I don't know, man. I feel like the CPL has to be very careful here with this. Like there's a balance to be struck, and I feel like they might be tilting too heavily towards that sort of development league format. I, like I, yeah. I don't think it's fair to call the CPL a development league. Like you know, these teams can play in the Concacaf Champions League. It's, it's considered the top tier of Canadian football. A lot of players have gone on to do a lot of good things. There's like a sort of like stigma that comes with the term development league. But these are the type of rules you get in development leagues, and I think the CPL has to be very careful with this sort of thing. I don't mm-hmm. understand where this comes from. Who this is for? Who this is helping? I don't get it. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand who is this supposed to attract to. Try to explain to me how taking away veteran players from other countries is helping Canadians. Because if you're putting in, like, you look at someone like Rappersad, he's way over 21 or 23, sorry. Um, if you, you're literally stopping players like Rappersad getting a spot on a team, you're stopping players like Diaz to come into Pacific, prove himself, get a move to Denmark, who made Pacific $200,000 last year. Yeah, this is what you're stopping, and I don't understand it. I don't like where this is going. I hope this doesn't last. I I can't see this lasting because again, I just don't understand where this benefits anyone. This can seriously hinder the league, especially on Concacaf stage. I we're already an underdog in Concacaf. You take away these players from us, that's hindering us even more. I will say this one thing though, and Paul Andre, if you know this, correct me. I don't. I can't think of any team who actually has seven international players already over the fifty percent mark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I I've certainly of, not heard of any alarm bells going off any clubs. Yeah. Like I know Forge have a couple of core players there, like um, John Ancelotti Johnson and Rama. Yeah. But like when they lost Krutsan this off season, I don't know of any. I mean, you've not heard of any teams having to do a fire sale. But like those players I mentioned there, for example, like. I feel like we need to try and we want the best players possible in this league as well because like it's a it's a league that's going to live and die by um, attendance yeah. as amongst other things and like you want to get people going to games so you want the best players possible yeah. and like 
correct me if I'm wrong, like you look at the best teams in the world, like you know, the French the French like do they have I don't think they have anything like this. Spanish League, I don't think they have anything like this. So, the English League famously doesn't have anything like this. I actually looked into like, this. I did look into this. And Europe is different from every other place. Um, I one of the ones I looked into was Japan, and Japan are allowed five international players, and one of them has to be another player with from another Asian country. So mm-hmm. they got four outside of Asia, one has to be from another Asian country. And a lot of a lot of countries run the same way, except for Europe, where Europe doesn't look at itself as other countries, they look, look at themselves as the, as the continent itself. So, like Spain, France, Germany, England, they're allowed so many um, players outside of Europe. That's why you see so many Germans maybe in England, but uh, Argentinians and uh, Brazilians, they may only have three or five on the team, and that's why. I get where you're coming from there. So, like, do you – I'm starting to think that, like, maybe, yeah, something with this robot squeak it. Like, you're allowed to say more players based in CONCACAF. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's like, a good rule, actually. I, I think yeah. there should like be, that. like, a separate thing there where, like, there's a lot more CONCACAF-based players, like, because a lot of talent, like, in the Caribbean and Central – Oh, yeah. In Central America as well. We could like, be a pipeline for those kids. Yeah, and it exactly. Could incentivize you to incentivize you to like scout those specific countries. Like put yeah. put people in there to watch and look instead of of maybe opening your eyes and thinking, okay, well, Europe, I'll take them over someone from Haiti. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. I I would way prefer that than this. Like, mm-hmm. we're it's not like they're taking away this part. Like, I saw someone in comments saying we need rules like this. I'm like, why? We 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 already give a platform for Canadians to play seven players to help these get these players get better i don't understand why you need to put an age restriction and we need on to it. remember it we just... have league one canada as well as yes, not as exactly. if it's like these these yeah. eight teams are nothing you got the mls teams you got this you got league one canada like there's so many players in the canadians the, the men's team right now and the women's team they made they made their set in league one canada like you don't need to do this in the cpo oh. you can relax a bit more and like you said paul you want Canadians to get the, to the best of their ability and you get better by playing better. So you want to attract the best players as you can. Exactly. If you, if you have to sit there and choose between a 21 year old and a 26 year old, that's bullshit. That's, not only, bullshit. not only that you, you've raised such a great point, Michael, that I didn't even think of. Cause I thought, ah, oh, you're going to, it's going to push people away. How do you find them money? I didn't even think of the fact that you can't get a player in there now. That's 24 performs great. And you sell them at 25, 26 for massive amounts of money. So like, this is something that's actually with the rule as well, from what I read. If you sign a player who's 22 years old and he and you sign him to a three-year contract, and he so say you sign him to a three-year contract, he gets to 26, he's still considered as a 23-year-old under, under this rule. I don't until, mind there, that. until there is a new deal. Um say his contract runs out and he signs a new contract. He's obviously no longer considered that, but the, I guess the seven player rule is implication of when the contract is signed. Yeah, yeah, because so, it has to be at that time. That's that's not fair to be like, well, right. so there's some leeway there. Find... That's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, so you can play with the bucks a little bit. So in in all reality, I could sign a bunch of twenty one year olds to ten year contracts, and I could keep bringing them in. <laughs> yeah. Which which again, this is how draconian they'll be. Will they really enforce it to be like hammer down, or will they be like? Nope, that's technically within the I rules. Mean, no, in the CPL, they'll probably change the rules entirely next year as well. Oh, that's, so that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this. I'm like, well, this will last the year. They just they just take a dart and they go like, okay, well, new we'll think of next. this year we won't have Americans 
consider yeah. international. Yeah. This okay. year, Look the ball's American. square. Damn it. I didn't want that one. Shit. Nine teams in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's only eight teams in the league. In oh. Korea. <laughs> yeah. But with, speaking of League One Canada, there were actually a couple call-ups, which we all know. CPL's been getting call-ups left, right, and center. But there have been some League One call-ups to the international squad, and this is fucking huge news. This is great for the League One system, and this is great because it's showcasing that there's talent being looked at all throughout the ranks in Canada. Uh, yeah, I want to shout out Zachary Ellis Hayden there, playing for Guelph. You might know him from Electric City last year, plays for Barbados, and it's it's not as if it's just kind of like he's being called up to make the numbers or anything. It's like he's a veteran for, Bar- for Barbados. He's made quite a few appearances. He's kind of been involved a little bit in MLS as well. as in his 30s now, so like it's it's actually a bit of a coup that he plays as football in League One, and this kind of goes into what we're saying as well. Even at the League One level, you got guys with lots of international experience there. That's great for your like eighteen and nineteen year old Canadian talent there to like learn off that. Like you want players like that around. It's going to bring the best out of them. Oh, so yeah, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not to vent about the international role as much as possible. But like we're gonna shed a light on the on the players who've made international international call-ups like seven cpl players like actively in the cpl i mean there's plenty more as well who've played in the cpl at some point or another who've made an international call-up so we're gonna, gonna run through them all boys starting with the big one andre rampersand um for trinidad and tobago this has been a long time coming like the fact yeah. this took this long like, he's been one of yeah. the class midfielders in the league like him and gagnon lapierre last year oh that was that was an absolute travesty that they did not have a striker in front of them to like, <laughs> to like convert any of the chances they created. That was heartbreaking. And now Gangnam Lapel's going to York. Oh, be, be still my beating heart. This is heartbreaking stuff. Heartbreak kids over here, but at least he's getting international recognition. I just want to add to the rapper side, but we're recording this on Monday evening, and rapper side played us, started both games with Trinidad during this international break. Uh, I know he played the full 90 on the weekend. I'm not sure if he played the full 90 today, but I believe he did. Yeah, we've still got like some Nations League fixtures coming in in that. Like we're recording this on the Monday, so I've not got like I didn't I've not got the up-to-date stats in terms of appearances now because I was aware that that could change by the time this comes out. So mm-hmm. um you'd have to forgive me if I look a little bit bare on stats from that. We've got <laughs> Andrew John Baptiste of Valor for Haiti and in true. Andrew Jean Baptiste fashion he got injured and could not go to the with the squad unfortunately. <laughs> Such um, a Baptiste move, just uh, another uh, injury. I feel, feel bad. Like, he's a he's a really solid defender. You can see Valor just a much better team team when he's in yeah. there, but like the man's just made it a chocolate, unfortunately. <laughs> chocolate paper mache. Uh, we got we got Brem Sumaro of like of York. He's out with Liberia out in Africa as well. They've got some important games going on in Africa for qualification for. Um, African Cup of Nations, I believe it is off the top of my head. I could yes, be wrong. Yeah. Oh, th- thank you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> um, York have actually got quite a bit of representation as well. To go through York, they've also got Jonathan Grant with Guyana and Mo Babuli with Syria. We've got players all over the place. Mr. The league is Mr. Worldwide in it up right now. <laughs> even even Vancouver's getting on this. has not even played a game yet. Not yep. even played a game yet, and they're getting players called up. Um, well, at least w- at least one of the two Vancouver teams is getting called. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, like I, I want those two teams to meet in the Canadian Championship, and I want Vancouver yeah. FC to win because it'd be hilarious. Oh, it'd be but I, I digress. Pele Martinez, which is what I'm going to call him, because that's an absolutely great name. Oh, it is. Um, got called up for Belize. Um, Pacific 
Um, Neon Gabari, but he should be playing for Pacific or for a name like that, but he, he plays for so. Valor. <laughs> yeah, he got, got called up for Burundi. Unfortunately, the world just doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. Yeah. And, of course, we have the aforementioned Zachary Ellis heading with Barbados. So, like, yeah, this is what we're talking about here. Like, the league is in a better place for this because the thing is, if, you know, if you're... Uh, play, if you're a player, your agent's on the phone, like, I've got your deal here with the CPL or I've got your deal with um, a comparable league somewhere in, like, Europe or South America, for example, you can see, if you can see that players are getting international recognition in the CPL, that makes it much more encouraging for you to say yeah. to your agent, yep, yeah, get me into the mm-hmm. CPL because I can get into my national team here. Yeah, no, 100%. Now, to be fair, some of the players you have mentioned have not played and will not play uh, or play like um that's true but to get in the squad is all we can really ask for then is this just up to the player themselves to make the to stand out in camp oh for sure 100 percent um this is what the league's for it's not just for canadians yes it's for canadians but it's for other players to find a pipeline especially through Concacaf. um it's just an unfortunate thing with the new rules coming in but hopefully this players have like voiced their opinion say we don't need that yeah, we'll yeah, see. We'll he, see a knock-on effect. Like the more this yeah. happens, the more we'll see players coming in. The more teams will look at these players. Think, oh, I have, I have an international possible here that I can look at from my like national league, for my national team. It's just, it's a, it's a knock-on effect. The more mm-hmm. it happens, the more it'll happen. The more it'll happen, and the more we'll get picked through. Even with League One, you know that's great. That just puts so many eyes on that league alone, and that is fantastic, fantastic news. Mm-hmm. But. Ottawa has really taken that one step further and has decided to really create their own pyramid by purchasing out a new team. So now Athletic Ottawa, Atletico Ottawa is now owners of we've got Madrid, Ottawa, and this new League One team. Take away, Michael. Tell us about the Ottawa pyramid scheme. The pyramid scheme. I love it. I love it. Um, so it's technically not a new team. They just got their, I don't know if it's the rights or the whole ownership of Ottawa South End uh, United, and if you don't know them, they play the PLSQ, funny enough, because there is a league in Ontario, but they don't play there. They play in the PLSQ. Not a great team in the PLSQ, but I have a feeling that might change now. Um, this is a great <laughs> thing for Ottawa, great thing for the CPL, great thing for Canadian soccer. Um, and it also puts the argument of, a lot of people saying, I don't want to see like the whole league filled with like teams like Madrid buying teams, which I understand. You don't want your whole league base like that. But if they're creating opportunities like this, why the fuck not? Because this is one, one of the privileges, one of the, the, the great things that comes with having a team ownership like Madrid is they bring money and they, they want developments and they're clearly putting the money in, not just the Ottawa team, but the Ottawa city. They're really trying to fund these players and help them grow and give them opportunities. So <clears throat> it's not just with the PLSQ either. It goes down a whole level. It goes down basically through all of Ottawa soccer as a youth that Atletico now has their foot in. Um, either that you can climb the ranks and get to Atletico Ottawa or hopefully go further in your career. And it's just one of the great things that Atletico has done for the CPL. And I want this to be something every team in the CPL looks at doing. I understand not everyone has this money or these um, uh, the accessibility to do it, but over time, I think this should be a goal and almost a um, a priority for most CPL teams, if not all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's great to see as well. Like like I'm looking at the triangle right now. It's like you got the Atletico Ottawa program, then this is development further development program. You got the OS 
OSSU Atleticos have been called now their reserves, and then you got their first team, the PLSQ, and the Atletico. Like, it's how it should be. It's how it's done in Europe. It's how it's done in South America. It's how it's done everywhere else in the world besides like the USA and Canada and Canada, basically. Yeah. And um, PLSQ is a really good league. It's probably the strongest of the League One of the League One leagues. We've seen this last year with the Women's League. The um, they had the competition of all the League One teams got together and uh, PLSQ team. I can't remember the top of my head. I want to say it was Laval. It was Laval. I think yeah. Well, yeah, Laval's women's team won. The men's division has some strong teams and they're like AS AS Blainville, AS Laval. We had yeah. Mont Royal. Like there's some really strong teams in there and they're very competitive. And a lot and of good so, players come from these leagues. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like Absi, the um who's been yeah. playing his football in um League Deux in uh, France, like he's one of the most notable players to come out of there. And there's quite a few players who have made international appearances too. Uh, the PLSQ is a very strong league. And so it's, so these players who are going to be developing, they're going to be playing at a good level, which is the most important part in all this. It's, it's one thing having them play for OSSU, but like they've got to be playing at a good level. And yeah. that's going to be guarantees, which I'm really excited about. I, also, I just fucking think that maybe they'll get TVs now. <laughs> oh, maybe I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that because maybe because again they're gonna look at okay possible revenue. Everyone else is doing it. Maybe we'll put something in there. <laughs> I know it's selfish. I know we're talking about like the development. I just I just want to be able to talk about the games. Nah, so, well, I was gonna mention as well. Like um, it has been a big part of um, League One in recent times. Like the sort of like partnerships with CPL in terms of matches where you have like say a Forge game or a York game has a League One Ontario game beforehand. There's been talks of that going on as well in other divisions. Like, hopefully you can see something like that in League One BC this year with Victoria and Pacific or even the Nanaimo team out there or some of the teams close to Vancouver FC. You have the perfect opportunity now to do this with the PLSQ, have an OSU game before an Atletico Ottawa game. Like, the Stars have a line for that. I think it's fantastic. Just, like, it makes it more of a day out. Like, the... The whole thing you get two games to the price of one you put more eyes on the whole canadian system so like there's no excuse for that now i want to see a couple of os osu games at td yeah, play yeah. at td place before or after an athletical game I've, yeah no, i, I agree want to, want to see the good news still rolling in and the one thing i love about this most of all is the cpl we've seen a lot of players get um development contracts but we don't really see them play we don't even know what happens to most of them this is literally a spot where we can finally see them play Ottawa players, anyways, we can see them. Hey, we got this kid in the development. He's gonna be playing in the PLSQ this year. Next year, we'll see what happens. We'll have actually a proper track system for these kids, and them not for them not just be signed to a contract. And then next year, they're like, yeah, they're gone. But what happens mm-hmm. to them? Ah, oh, they just didn't make the cut. That's yeah. great. But like, we don't know why. We don't see anything. It's it's just a great thing. And I said that the same thing about Calvary with uh, League One Alberta's uh, uh, season coming up. Uh, it's great to see them having these uh, opportunities to put somewhere, put their kids into regular professional minutes or semi-pro minutes, keep an eye on them, watch them. It's just something great. That's great for the league. Can I ask you this one is... question quickly, Michael? Mm-hmm. So how does it feel now that you probably never have to worry about Athletic Auto when it comes to under 21 minutes ever again? <laughs> Honestly, I would not be surprised if this one sparked it. Watch it. Watch, <laughs> watch it's the one team that somehow can't manage to do it. It's like, how the fuck... Everyone we have is 
Somebody else is about match day 26. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, this season coming up, I think we should have at least two regulars. So we should be good this year regardless. Yeah, I think that, that was just pretty funny last year. Like, when they were like, oh, like, play the teams, play it, get them all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but who's was a fucking war course for that? <laughs> but at least, at least this is good because it's coming from a team that has the financial backing. And the no exactly, yeah. Because if this was done by, I, I'm not, I'm not slagging on say Valor or yours. FC Edmondson, Edmondson did this. It. I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. But just at least it's coming from someone where they have a hierarchy mm-hmm. that that has well, the experience doing it, not just the money. Because we've yeah. seen money doesn't always work when you just throw it at it. They have the experience to kind of fall back on. Yeah, and to be fair, someone like Valor might not be able to do something like this right now because there's no League One uh, Manitoba, right? So. That might be a little bit harder for a team like them to do, but you look at uh you look at any team in Ontario, you look at um League One Alberta pot, looks like it's starting up fully, and then you have League One BC. There's no reason why other teams can't look to at least not necessarily take ownership, but make deals with each other. Yeah, have kind of like a almost like a sistership, almost like how the NHL has the NHL and the AHL, like the partners. You don't necessarily need to be the same team like what Ottawa did, but you can have like partners to kind of feed off each other. Yeah, it just it helps out, and I'm really we're all really hoping feeder for a team success. there. I thought saying feeder team, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> but with with that, and with Michael Collin, all of Ottawa feeder teams. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we are going to have one more question before we go to a break, and then we will be right back. So, this is coming from my brother there, who actually wanted to know how would the pitch from the '70s affect the greats of today? Would they still have the same skills, or would they falter? And with that, we'll go to a quick break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, ball boys and girls. I didn't see you there. I was too busy watching the game here on my amazing seats. Come to think of it, I should thank today's sponsor, SeatGeek. They're the leader in ticket resales. And with hundreds of thousands of events going on, you're almost sure to find some great tickets with them. And hey, while you're there, use our code FC13POD to get $20 off your first order. So thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring us and helping me get these amazing tickets. Thanks so much, guys. Welcome back to the FC 13 podcast. I hope you enjoyed everything we put into those ads because we put our heart and souls into them, which isn't much, but it's still something. Pay us money. <laughs> so how would the pitch from the 70s affect the greats of today? Would they still have the same skills or would they falter? I I can imagine they still have the same abilities, but the problem would be not so much their abilities would suffer, but the football would suffer. Like I'm casting my mind back to any images I've seen of like pitches, particularly of like England and Scotland from like the seventies and the eighties. For some reason, they're just worse in my head than pitches in the sixties <laughs> and fifties. I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean, they basically just farm fields, right? And like you know, yeah. it's probably it's probably a lot to do with like how traditionally there's a lot more Route One going on back then. A lot more just big man, little man strike partnerships. Just a lot yeah. of agricultural football to like try and find a term for that. So um, there'd be a lot less like passing for sure. Like you think of just like what it's like watching pitches, watching football on bad pitches a day with a ball bouncing up and down weirdly. Like yeah. imagine that times ten. <laughs> so I think I think you know the likes of Kelly Mbappe would still be Kelly Mbappe, 
but he wouldn't really be able to take the ball for a run as much and like what looks like basically uh Pitches had a festival played on it the day beforehand. Um, I like this question. I'm gonna go a little bit against Paul here. I I agree, but I think it's it would depend from pitch to pitch. Obviously, I know you're referencing more of the Scottish English, the rainy fucking shitholes that they never seem to keep up with. <laughs> Brexit pitches. But you look at the 70s to now. I think the biggest difference is the sports science alone. They feel the bodies better. They train better. There's, there's such more. Um, there's just so much more into the player himself than what they're working with. I think it'd be fine, as I long as the like... science approved instead of the pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. If yeah, the yeah. science is where the pitch is, then no. But if the science moved and the pitch stayed, then yeah, I think we'll be more like today. <laughs> I just like it because that gives us another chance to watch an Argentinian punching a ball. Um, and not get caught for or it. Just watch a Hondura's camera game back from a couple months ago, and then you'll, you'll know exactly and then, what they're and talking then you'll, about. And then you'll get the feeling of it. <laughs> so we'll jump on. Next game's game of the week, because this we're coming up to this. Next game's game of the week is going to be Michael's game, and it's going to be Montreal versus Vancouver on April Fool's Day. The fools of all fools of Canadian football right now. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But it is a late game, so it is a 10 p.m. kickoff. Uh, 10 30 p.m. kickoff in the <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Of course, it is. It is a, it is a regular <laughs> kickoff time for Paul. A regular kickoff time for Paul. That's still like eight o'clock at night for me. Oh, princess. Uh, so, <laughs> so we have made errors, but that is the game. It's in the running order. That is what it is. So, it will still be a good one. It's a Canadian clash, and both of those teams are struggling. So, someone's going to need to sort of falter. But, we are going on to the game of the week, and it is my turn to pick and or make up a game. We can either do something new or we can do something that we've done before. Well, if you were listening last week, you'd know that our game of the week this week is Canada versus Curacao. In the spirit of international play, I thought I'd do something a little fun. As the winner of last year's game, I know what it's like to win, and it's so great, and it's a awesome, great, great, awesome feeling. But losing is not so much. So, boys, you are going to be listing the teams that the Canadian national men's team have lost to in CONCACAF. All so, time or like within a second? All time. Now, I'm going to give you a couple hints. This is where this game is going to get a little bit more interesting and not as chaotic for me on the editing side and for you, the listener. You're only allowed to lose three times. You're only allowed to get three wrong answers. You get three mm. wrong answers, you lose. Doesn't matter how mm. high you are. And there's going to be a number associated with every team. And that's how many times we've lost to them. God so, damn it. <laughs> but the person, if you name it right, you get first choose your first choice on how many games they are. Doesn't matter if you guess them right or wrong. That's fine. You still leave that point. Unless the next person gets that number right. He steals the point. Oh my God. I think so, I got this, yeah. So there are only 14 teams that Canada has lost to. Out of 41. So, with that being said, Michael, you believe you are in last place. I will give you permission to go first or second. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Perfect. So, we're going to name the team, and you're going to pick a number on how many times they've lost to them. If you're wrong or right, if you're right, you've locked in the point. If you're wrong, gives Paul the chance to steal. Okay. So, I say the country, then the number. Country, then the number. I mean, if you want to say the number, then the country, give her, but it's going okay. to fuck me right up. Um, we'll go with Honduras. Pat? Eight. Now, Paul, what is your number? 
Um, is this prices right rules? Nope, this is spot on. If you're not spot on, nope, Michael gets it. It just gives you the opportunity to steal a point. Nine. It is, in fact, 12. You're getting close. We've lost to them 12 times. That is a point for Michael. Paul. Guatemala. Guatemala. And what is your number? One. Okay. Michael. I was going to say one, so I'm going to go with two. (laughs) Two. Well, it is, in fact, two. So Michael is actually stealing that point. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why this game was either going to be fucking hated or loved. Um, Maybe loved by you watching. Maybe hated by the guys (laughs) playing. So, Michael. Uh, Costa Rica. Okay. And what is your number? Four. It's got to be bang on, god damn. Uh, I feel like it's got to be more than four. Um... Seven. It was in fact nine. You were so, <laughs> so close. As soon as I said four, I'm like, that's 100% oh, wrong. Oh, man. I'm going okay. to strangle you, Andre. Paul. <laughs> El Salvador. Okay. El Salvador. And? What was Honduras again? Am I allowed to ask that? Honduras was 12. Let's go 10. 11. It was, in fact, six. Oh, wow. <laughs> six. That was impressive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Michael. Panama. Okay. And I'll go four. Call. Three. Oh. It was, in fact, two. Oh. <laughs> I knew so, it'd be low because I feel like Panama haven't been good for that long. No, they've had moments. They, they have had their moments, but it's sometimes yeah. it's dicey. So yeah. you're getting close, Michael. Remember, if you're getting seven, seven and up, you take it automatically because there's no way statistically. Oh. Yeah. Paul? Uh, we've avoided the heavy hitters so far. Let's, let's get into it. The, the USA. Awesome. What's our number? 20. Okay. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to go higher. I was going to go with 15. You should have went a little bit higher. It was 17, in fact. Oh. It's the fact that you had insisting on it being bang on is killing me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't do... We're not going to do the prices right thing. That's going to make this game chaos. To be fair, I've got that one. (laughs) Um, All right. Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. I won't go with two. I was going to say, I don't even know if that's on the list. Uh, Three? Oh, it was in fact two. You locked it down, but I wanted to see. Yes. Okay. Starting to think I might be done here. (laughs) You are, you are getting ever so evanescently close. Uh, Mexico. Again, I'm amazed that took that as long as it did. <laughs> okay. Well, see, Mexico and the USA are hard because it's going to be a big number compared to the other ones. Um, I don't. What is? I don't think they would have played Mexico as much as they played the states. 
but they've probably got a much worse record against Mexico than they do the USA. So, um, 16. Michael. 18. It was, in fact, 24. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost to them 24 times. I had uh, solid logic and everything and just threw it away. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one hurts. Okay. Uh, Jamaica. Okay. I, you mm. know what, though? I'm impressed that you guys have not missed a single team. There's been no incorrect <laughs> answers in that regard. Now uh, I was going to dicey, though. So with Jamaica, again, Jamaica's a weird one because they've had their moments... And I think for a period of time, they were better than us, but did we play them that much in that time? I'm going to go with five. Okay, Paul. Yeah, same. The problem is, like, Canada doesn't really make the, the big dance, you know, when it comes to the um, hex, the hex as it was, so they don't get a chance to play these teams often, so the number isn't quite that high. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with... Did Michael say six? That's a five. five. I'll go six. You know what? You should have went one more. It was seven. Mm, yes. Just end this game already. Oh. <laughs> how much, we are, how much, how much we are six, on eh? six. We are on to the final question. So I've lost. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's, it's still possible. You still got to pick a team. Who the fuck is left? <laughs> I got a couple, but I don't know if we ever lost to them. I hope we never lost to them. Okay. <laughs> uh. Paul, you can do this. You boys were the CONCACAFers. Get a team for me, Paul. Wait, I thought it was Michael. Yeah, no, it's no, you. It's you. <laughs> I'm literally here taunting you by counting down. I thought that was weird. I thought that was Ah, Christ. Uh, to be fair, I don't actually, I can't think of a team either. <laughs> again, I got a couple. I just don't know if we have lost them. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Barbados. <laughs> that is our first wrong. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> all, right. all right. My next one, Suriname. Suriname, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Nope. Who the frick is left? So I have like, another one. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be really embarrassing, like these countries. You're going to be like, oh, man, we've lost to them. It's just oh, a no, tax haven. That's just definitely tax, the point right now. Yeah. Just a tax haven in a beach. <laughs> uh <laughs> God, who is left? I feel like we've done every century. There are Anakin 41 team, right? countries. 41 countries in country. Yeah, and they're all shite. Just start <laughs> rifling them off. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> Think of a place uh, you want to go on vacation right now. That's my only hint. Oh, oh. Curacao? Oh. No, no. Eh. And this one hurts me so much to say. Haiti. Yep. Oh, how did I not think of Haiti? Okay. Um, once. <laughs> okay, Paul, you got a chance to steal this. Um, Let's go three times. Son of a bitch, Paul. That was two. It was two was the answer. God damn it. As soon as I said one, I was like, no, I should win two. I should win two. Okay. This is, now we, it's 14 teams. He, Michael is at seven. This is make or break for him. Absolute make or break. Paul, it is your go. Dominican Republic. <laughs> Dominican Republic. No, that's the third. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. This is over. My next guess was Cuba. Cuba is correct. And how many? Just just for posterity's sake. Once. Paul. 
four times. I don't know. Four, four times. Twice. God damn it. Damn it, Paul. So that this was Cuba. Like, we have first win of the season. Let's go. No, we also have Bermuda. We have lost to them one time. Wow. Guadalupe. We have lost mm. to them one time. And Martinique. We have really? lost to them one time. We did. That was like 2012. I went back as far back as I could physically go. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I, that Martinique one rings a bell. So with that, Michael is the winner. First one of the season. It is, it is his first win. I feel like I'm more of a attrition, man. Just Michael just had more will than me at the end of that. I <laughs> I you know what? Over with. It was. I think. I think he stole your window from you when to he be got fair, the one number. All weekend, all I've been doing is scrolling fucking foot mob, looking at games, <laughs> international games, concaps at the top of my fucking thing. So trying to figure it out. And with that, let's jump on to Canada's win against a team that they thankfully so much have finally had against Curacao. The mighty, mighty Curacao. Y'all dropping stuff in the background for crazy sakes. Um, it was it was a good show. Curacao got unlucky with a red card. That was that was very unfortunate. But it, Canada still put on a great performance. I think this is what the kids call a professional job, isn't it? Yeah. Like um, this, this was kind of nice to watch. I guess you know. Like, I guess you guys can probably test this more than me. But this just looked like a team who knew going into this who they were. Like their their World Cup team. They they know as much as they probably aren't going to say it, they are the stronger team out of the two. The way they improved it on the pitch, controlled the game, you know, difficult place to go. Curse off like 26 degrees at night, be high humidity, being right on the ocean, going into a small little um, stadium like that with like a not exactly the conditions these guys are used to. They're used to playing in like pristine pitches in Europe. But they, they bossed the game. Curacao, as far as I can remember, they didn't really have much of a chance. I can't really think of any point where like there was much danger there. Boyan. Didn't have much to do. I think he just did stuff more for himself than anything. One or two funny runs. But yeah, it was, it's encouraging to see just like a nice professional win away from home, like nothing really to shout about. Like it's a, it, it, it's the stuff you want to see, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it mm -hmm. was a, it was a solid performance we expected to see. I mean, Curacao did put up a good fight because I, I was hoping for like, you know, four goal type game, but. Curacao put up a fight when you're down a man, obviously a lot harder to do that job. Um, I just love who scored for us. The fact that we had a game with uh, John and David and Kyle Lyron scoring, it's just a, it, and the way those guys are going off in Europe right now, it was the cherry on top of the cake for me. Yeah, to, to quote myself from the, um, we, we did a live stream for this game, and I want to thank every one of the 900 plus people who watched, but to quote myself in the live stream, I like strikers who score goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was so, his John Madden take of the day. <laughs> so this was this was good to this was good to see. My point there was like, I they're more so than most positions on the pitch. They're bred entirely by confidence. Like the level of skill between a striker high in confidence and low in confidence. Like how we talked about Brian, talked about Brian White earlier. We talked about Kyle Lerner as well. Like it makes such a difference. So if you have strikers who are constantly scoring, constantly high in confidence. When it comes to these games against the US and Mexico and Costa Rica, like when it comes to like the last stages of the Nations League or Cold Cup, you get like a couple of chances in a game. You want those those shot those chances going to guys who are high in confidence and they're almost instinctively going to make those shots as opposed to guys who are like they're not scored in a while, they may scuff it, they may think too long about it, they may try and find the pass instead of being that bit more selfish. 
So yeah, that's what that's what I meant at, at the time. I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> and uh, you can see that. I in like the when men kick ball. <laughs> the two finishes were very confident finishes by two very confident strikers. It was great to see. And it was great to see Jonathan David do it after a struggling World Cup. Mm-hmm. People expected yes. a lot more from David at the World Cup. So the fact that he came back, didn't phase him. I, again, scoring against Curacao, maybe not your biggest achievement, but you know what? It's, it's important to get those goals regardless of who you're playing against, especially when you have a struggling period. And you can never take away when you're going away in CONCACAF. We've said it a oh, hundred times. Yeah. You can never take it away. You've heard Again, the list of teams Canada's lost to. Like, <laughs> like, and Curacao put up an, an amazing fight, and this is going down in the 37th minute. Like, they, they were missing a man for that entire run. So one of the goals, yes, we took advantage, got it beforehand, but it still took another couple of minutes for us to get one, and then they held us off for the yeah. rest of the game. So, And we did not, at any point, take our foot off the gas. Like, it clearly looked like Herdman was going for blood, and you know what? Curacao, full full credit on that. Yeah. Oh, he made that very clear with the lineup he put out there. And even when yeah. we were controlling the game the last 10 minutes, he still put on players like Atiba Hutchinson, uh, um, <laughs> Andreas Charles Brim. Like, he, uh, uh, Herman wanted to go through their throats and really yeah. take it. Am I allowed to moan about the Hutchinson substitution now? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can moan all you want. What, what's the point? What what is what is the fucking point? <laughs> you I will play him prepared. until he dies. No, is that, no, yeah, I is that what we're doing? Like, I, I, can, I have I no can, problem about him being there. It's, I can tolerate. I can understand him playing some part in this Honduras game. Maybe as like a late sub or something as like a farewell. What are you? What does the squad? What does the team going forward get out of a forty-year-old who's like? I don't even know what his club status is right now. That's to be honest. Yeah, it, it, change, it changes every week, every day on Twitter, it seems. But like, what it's benefit is there up. for him playing instead of like somebody else? Like, it doesn't even have to. I don't just mean Latoury as much as he's the obvious person here. But like, what is there to gain from Hutchinson playing this game in a game that is won as opposed to playing Latoury there, who could learn from the experience and crucially, he could still play for South Sudan. Like, yeah, I I uh I 100 agree with you. And South Sudan had a decent break. Okay, Akio played the full 180 minutes that they had. Um, but no, it's I agree with you 100. I have no problem with Hudson being there, but if he's not starting, why put him on at that point? There yeah. was no need to put him on. It's not like Curacao was pressuring us. It's not like we were up by one. Where Hudson came on, been been a leader, be a shutdown guy, control the field, control the emotion. We didn't need that. Now I will say when he got on, his legs were going and he he played hard. But for those that time needed, why is Latori not getting capped? Exactly. Like, it, it part makes of it, zero sense. Part of it is, you know, you all, you want the new toy, right? You want the shiny new toy, which is Latori in this case. Like you want to see new players yeah. play, but, but like, also even defensively, you could put on one of the two defensive guys waiting to be capped right now. Yeah, 100%. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like you just I get there's a balance. There's a balance to be struck, of course. Like a big key p- component of this Canada team recently has been the brotherhood. Like there's a club culture around going to Canada. Players want to go. They're all they're all friends. They don't back each other up. You see that whenever anything happens. So it's hard to break that dynamic, that yeah. dynamic and the chemistry they're going on there. I understand yeah. that, but I mean, and maybe this sounds dramatic, and I'm getting ahead of myself for years down the line. But like, you don't want to be stagnant. And mm-hmm. like I've made the point before, like guys like Hutchinson, Boyan, and Vittoria. We have to be careful there about like staying too loyal to them for too long. Like Vittoria was fine in this game, but there's a couple of points where I thought like his lack of pace looked a bit glaring. 
Um, he's been like that for the last couple of years. I felt. Yeah, just... yeah. I don't think it's an accident that a lot of Curacao, yeah. like Curacao's tactic, a lot of this game was balls over the top, like how long, yeah. like into their fence. I mean, like that's how Belgium scored as well. Like I, I, I'm not saying get rid of them all at once, but like I definitely think we should be. This should be Atiba's last window. Maybe I don't think so, man. I think yeah. he's going to go at least. Will to... be... I am going to tell. Guys, I'm guys, going to tell myself as this last window. <laughs> guys, think of it this way. Think of it this way. If Canada win tomorrow against Honduras, which if Andre gets us out soon enough, you will be able to watch us do a live reaction. Um, if Canada beats Honduras, that means there will be an American-Mexico semifinal. This is Canada's one chance to be in a final where we could win some silverware for the first time since 2000. Hutchinson is going to be part of this team until at least then. I will put money on it. And I, if I, not, then the conversation until, turns, but then it turns into oh, then the gold cup's coming. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. You can keep, that. you can keep kicking that rock down. I the don't road. think he's going to go any further than the gold cup. But I think right now, Nations League is on Canada's radar, especially if we win. We have a good path to the final. Oh yeah, and and we we are going to do it because English managers like their squad. They like to have it. That's what's there. And you know what? It's it's gonna be what it is. We'll see. We will see tomorrow. Whatever lineup he puts out there, who's ever on that bench, we're gonna find out. If Hutchins' name's on there, you bet. It sure is, as shit probably, he's it is probably noticeable as well that um, Vittoria did get a yellow card in the game against Curacao, so we are gonna have to have an enforced change there due to suspension. Yeah, yeah. Um, here goes maybe. Yeah, Vittoria, Vittoria died, so Alison Johnson can live again. So um, I'm assuming we'll probably see Alison Johnson that right hand side and the yeah. right side of defense again, as well he's done as well before. It's gonna. I don't know what they're gonna do with Larea and Buchanan. Like Larea was outstanding in this game, but Buchanan's back to full fitness. You wonder what John Herman's thinking there because they're gonna have that right back cover as well. So like I'd love, I'd love to find a way if you can get like I don't know Larea, Buchanan, and Johnson all in the team at the same time. There's just so much talent. It's funny. It Davis is possible. Is, it's funny with Davis being left footed. You think that's where Canada's strength is, but like down the right is like really strong for Canada right now. Yeah, yeah, and I I wonder if he's going to try to do something different because Honduras is such a, a team that, that throws us off and fucks us up. So I actually hate Honduras more than any other team in Congo, Kath, man. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't I, hate them more than welcome. anyone. I do fucking hate them. Welcome. Hey. Welcome to some of our feelings. I'm up there because right now, like the hatred for Mexico and USA is really only kind of game time where it is like whenever Honduras loses, I'm just happy. Yeah, I got to no, say, like, I've, I've, I think I seen something on Canada Soccer Reddit a couple months ago. It was like, who's, I was like, who's Canada's biggest rivals? And it's the same sort of answers that I immediately thought. Honduras. For the hardcore, <laughs> honestly, for the hardcore fans who've been here for a while, Honduras, they're there. They are there a hundred percent. You're there as soon as you stopped us from getting in the World Cup. Like Honduras that is, is where football yeah, goes it goes back so much further. It goes back so much further. Oh, I know, they, but like you, that is a pivot point and a pinnacle where you can just be like, "There's no reason how they're not on your radar." For you got 1985, you got 2012. Yeah. You've got like the Rumble in the rain last year, yeah. and like. Everything in between. <laughs> Anyone who's watching this or listening to this, sorry, go and look for Canada's matches in history and look at every time we've lost to the Honduras, it was probably an important match that pissed us all off. They are the third largest that we've lost to. Yeah. 12. And the other two are 24 for Mexico and 17 for USA. Yeah. So, Brem came yeah. close to scoring this game against Curacao, especially he was desperately unlucky with that header. 
And yeah. um, Michael, were you the one who coined the term Brim Reaper? In the that wasn't no, that was my bud, I believe, from the June Voyagers. I think his name is Steph. Uh, I, I'm so if, if Brim gets on and scores against Honduras, like I'm coining it, we're going to call him the Brim Reaper. That all it's going to take for me is a goal against Honduras, and that'll do. I think I, it should still do the way he's playing overseas. He's having a good, he's having a good campaign, which brought him onto the team this window. I just desperately want to see one of these like third choice strikers between him and Ukbo. Just and even yeah. I can all, I guess we can throw his name as. I just want to see one of them score already. Yeah, unfortunately it's, they don't get a lot, and Brian has had his moments, but he just struggles with it. It's hard with Laden and David up there. You've literally got yeah. the two top goal scorers yeah. in Canadian soccer Canadian soccer men's history, like right yeah. now. So like it feels like a bit of a glass ceiling. The chances aren't going to be there much. And these two but, are like, still relatively young. Like Laren's not even 30 yet, is he? <laughs> yeah, they're tw- Laren's 28 and David's yeah. 23. So they're they're both probably gonna be there for 2026 as well. Oh yeah, oh, you're gonna be they're yeah. gonna be going strong. It's gonna be a hard one to get in, but could be a scenario if he can prove himself and injuries behold or needs a change or attacked up. It's nice to have you never him, know. So. You never right. know. Grim Reaper, let us know. You know, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. Should we should we have it at a specific time or should we just start calling them it now? FC 13 podcast. And with that, we are going to have to call it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the FC 13 podcast. Thanks so much, SeatGeek, for sponsoring us. Remember, you can use our promo code FC 13 pod to get $20 off your first order. It helps out not only the podcast, but it really gives you a chance to save some money on tickets, especially with the seasons all starting up. Boys, where are we finding you? You can um, find me uh, um, at Paul McNulty1996 on Twitter. And yep, make sure to follow FC13 on YouTube for, for our live stream we've done the other day. You can rewatch that and the live stream we're going to do for this Honduras game as well. And you can find me at McCallMeMichael on, Michael on Twitter. And I'm officially at 100 followers. Let's go. Beauty. <laughs> Beauty. Let's bump those numbers. Okay. You can follow us, obviously, on the FC13 podcast at FC13 podcast on YouTube, as he said, Twitter and TikTok. And make sure to just hit that notification and subscribe bell on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts. You never miss any of our episodes. You can find me at the Andre McRae. And remember, listening and watching the FC13 podcast is a lot like watching football. You're a